Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. All right, what are we drinking today? I'll tell you. <laughs> it's Shandon. It's from California. We can make champagne too in the U.S. We carry this one in the store in single serves. That's how I keep my champagne cravings at bay on the daily. <laughs> By drinking champagne. <laughs> they use they use French on this one. It says, a world of possibilities started in 1959. They're really faking their French well. Anyway, they talk about it being harvest under the stars in the cool night air when fruit expression is brightest and aromatics are protected. Well, that's good because if they had harvested that in broad daylight, I'd be out. Yeah. No, thank you. No. I Have mean, that's just some standards. It's crass. It's like lowbrow. <laughs> Only so. nighttime sparkling. <laughs> Come. Now that you know our bougie taste, what are you reading right now, Ellen? I'm reading two books. I'm reading Nettle and Bone by T. Kingfisher. Because our staff loves they it. They do love it. And so I, and I actually, I read T. Kingfisher for the first time earlier this year. I read What Moves the Dead, which is a retelling of the fall of the House of Usher. And I really liked it. Um, if you're a person obsessed with mushrooms like you, Amanda, you should read it. <laughs> which one? <laughs> um, what Moves the Dead. What Moves the Dead. It's okay. Spooky ass mushrooms. Does it grow on dead bodies, though? I can't. No. I don't want to do well. That. No. Okay. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> in a sense. <laughs> okay. Um, and then I'm reading. Okay. So, yes, Nettle and Bone. And it is about Mara, who is the youngest of three princesses. And Ooh. Her, right. And her kingdom is like a small kingdom. And it's like sandwiched between the North Kingdom and the South Kingdom. and Middle so, child syndrome much? Always. And then so there's like this worry that they're going to be attacked by one of those kingdoms. Okay. And power usurped, whatever. So Mara's oldest sister becomes betrothed to the a prince in the north. And okay. this is gonna so this is gonna solidify an alliance. It's going to make Mara's kingdom safe. Um but shortly after the wedding, like several months later, her sister dies, falls down the stairs. So then the second sister marries the prince. And Mara is sent to go live in a convent because she needs to be protected. Because if this other sister dies, like she's got to marry this prince and have his babies. Because there has to be an heir. Ew. So she's living like in the convent and she's like good at knitting and textiles and shit and she's she's happy doing this with her days um but her sister has baby goes into labor she's summoned she hasn't seen her sister in years and her sister kind of whispers in her ear when they have a moment alone and was like don't let him do this to you and this is a sister that she had not been very close with and so she's like there's something like fucked up with this guy so anyway, she sets out to try to kill this prince. Yes. <laughs> and yes. she fashions a dog out of bones. She has a bone dog. Ooh. Which is cool because 
my husband and daughter, they used to go hiking at, well, they still do, at McFarland Park uh-huh. in Story County. And there's like, if you go back in there, there's this hill. And one the first time they came to it, she was like two or three. And she named it Bone Dog Hill. I Aww. don't know why, but it's Bone Dog Hill. Aww. And so now there's a bone dog in the story. So I bet you'll have to share that with Jay. Yeah, I'm going to give it to her. That's so cool. And then I'm also reading West Heart Kill, which you've read mm-hmm. by Dan McDormand. Mm-hmm. And it's a really uh, smart, interesting uh, murder mystery set in the 1970s. This detective is going to this sort of family celebration of a college friend at this hunting club mm-hmm. where there's like 30 uh, like very wealthy families own property there. And I he's love there the sort of under false like pretenses. Yeah, you they know. They don't know that yeah. he's there in mm-hmm. ca- his capacity as a detective. Mm-hmm. Um, but the author writes in a way similar to Benjamin Stevenson, who wrote, um, Every one of my family has killed someone. Not so much in like the style of the prose, but in that it's a little bit meta. He's, he's writing to you a lot as a reader mm-hmm. and. Uh, calling you out on your assumptions and expectations. Yeah. It's, and it's very pretty playful fun. and smart and original. And it's very like of the era, like rich people in the 70s. It's so <laughs> accurate. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time I read a book set in the 70s. I think 70s are the new 90s. Um, Never. Krista Hanna is bringing us to the 70s, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, in her next novel. Yeah. So historical fiction people were taking you to the 70s. All right. What are you reading? I'm finally in our lovely period of backlist reading. I'm finally getting to The Lemon. Okay. Um, The Lemon is by Essie Boyd. And what's interesting about Essie Boyd, and I didn't know this until I flipped open the dust jacket, it's three people. Veteran journalist Kevin Alexander and Joe Keohane and editor Alessandra Lasardi. They're lightly damaged Catholics prone to extensive <laughs> overanalysis. So I just, I love it. Oh, this is their first novel. So they've all published um, in The New Yorker, Esquire, Atlantic. They're food writers. Um but together they wrote this book. And all I can tell you is that the vibes are like, where the story that's being told feels like a fictionalized version of Anthony Bourdain's death. Oh my God. I don't know, remember the circumstances of Anthony Bourdain's death, but you know, it's a great food journalist who has made his career um, talking about food, traveling the world, connecting people, friends with lots of chefs who dies by suicide. Okay. And it's about the aftermath. It promises to be laugh out loud, sensational, scalpel, sharp, satirical skewering, sardonic suspense. These are the praises for it. I love an absurd, funny book. I love books about food. Um, so is it hitting the mark for you? It isn't quite laugh out loud sensational yet, but it is unusual and interesting and captivating. Um, so, and I love the cover. It's so cool. It has a cool cover. It has a very cool cover. 
So I'll let you know how that comes together. And then I just emailed our lovely or texted our lovely bookseller, Vince, who left us for Minneapolis. Thanks, Vince. Yeah. About The Happy Couple by Nisha Dolan. It's um, an Irish writer. Um, I'm listening to it on Libro FM, our audiobook service. And it is going to be for fans of Sally Rooney. It's like 20-somethings, creating their own problems. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so hilarious. But the writing... The, it's about you, Rachel. It's really smart writing. It's funny. These people are ridiculous. It's about... Um, a couple that's recently engaged their engagement party and the dysfunctions of their relationship and their group of friends being very like sexually intermingled and not playing by the rules. So I'm enjoying listening to it. Like I said, I think fans of Sally Rooney will like this. All right. We're really excited for our topic of conversation today. Tell us about it. So this phenomenon of the literature map kind of just appeared out of nowhere. I don't know whether it was Mariah. I don't know whether it was Amy. It was Amy. It was Amy. Amy. I don't know how you figure this out, but you found the literature map. And Amy is so determined at all times to find the perfect book for our customers. She'll go stop at no lengths to figure out what they'll like next. And so she's done a lot of playing online with trying to find different websites that could offer you read-alikes. So if you like Chris and Hannah, what might you also like? And she discovered the literature map. Now, the little bit of research I did before you got here today, you prepared us for this podcast, but I want to know where the hell did this literature map come from? When Amy showed it to me, she's like, I don't know if this is legit. Looks like maybe it could have been created by an eighth grader. It does. It is the most like undesigned website. It has like basic. But we've been playing around with it a lot and it appears to be, I mean, it's. It's got some chops. It does have some chops. It's not pretty, but it's got some chops. So the literature (laughs) map is part of, I I don't know what he calls it, Ganad, the Global Network of Discovery. It is a startup business from a guy named Merrick Gibney, who my internet sleuthing tells me, is from Hamburg, Germany. He is an artist, art collector, traveler, and startup founder. He wanted to use artificial intelligence and user interfaces to create many different online experiences for people. And one part of this is called GNUCS, a literature (laughs) recommendation system. So it is all user created. So everyone who participates helps shape that helped shape the intelligence of the website. So if I go in and I tell you 50 authors I like, it's feeding the system to draw connections between different authors' names. So if I like Kevin Wilson, I might also like such and such. So our participation helps shape the accuracy of the program. There are over 300,000 users, and many discover it new each month like us, and their participation helps feed the accuracy of it. So what you do is you go to the website. And we will, Rachel will. Put it in the show notes. Put it in the show notes. He calls it a literature map, and all you do is in this little unsophisticated search bar, type in an author. So we're going we're we're gonna to play today. We're going to play And then, uh, you know, we invite you to play, too. 
All right. Who would you like to challenge the literature map with? Well, let's start with some of our favorites. And what I'm interested in is who, what authors are they comping them to? Do I agree, disagree? Okay. Who should we start with? Um, Let's start with our friend Barbara Kingsolver. Okay. Okay, Barbara Kingsolver. One of the things you'll discover while using the map is that the spelling isn't always accurate on some of these authors. (laughs) Um, This is going to be great. So anyway, uh, you throw Barbara out there. And then all these names start to swirl around until they finally settle. And then the information that you get off to the side is um, the closer two writers are, the closer their names are on this very unsophisticated map, the more likely it is that you will like them. So the closest name to Barbara King Solver is going to be a sure bet, a home run. Um, you playing? Are we looking uh, yeah, at the same I'm map? I'm looking at it. So it, the closest name I see to Barbara is not surprising to me. It is the one and only Ann Patchett. So mine is slightly, she's a couple away. Uh, but Ann Patchett, I think, is a really great well, comp. You, I will say I'm looking at my phone. You're looking at your computer. Right. So literature map, are you giving everyone the same results? Yeah. Okay. These are the ones that I'm seeing. Wally Lamb. Have that's, you read Wally? Close. I have read Wally Lamb. Um, Ann Tyler. Yep. Sue Monk Kidd. Yep. Amy Tan. Yep. Ann Patchett. Yep. Joyce Carol Oates. Yep. Um, the author of The Kite Runner. Khalid Husseini. Yep, yeah. I see him. Isabel Alande. Yep. I see also close Louise Erdrich and Kristen Hanna. Yeah. And then if you like look around this map, I mean, this is Barbara, searching Barbara is like going to give you a map of the great participators in modern day literature. So I'm seeing um, Donna Tartt. She's out there. Elizabeth Gilbert. I wouldn't necessarily agree with Jody P. Colt. She's on this map. So she's not on mine. Okay. Krista Hanna and Geraldine so Brooks. So I'm looking at yeah, she's got Ann Patchett the closest. So guys, what we would tell you, this is a great experiment, is desktop or laptop versus mobile might give you slightly more restricted results, but it it is it is mobile friendly. I would just tell you to look on both interfaces uh, before coming to conclusions. <laughs> but I can see why and I would also comp Ann Patchett to Barbara King Solver. So if right. somebody told me they liked Ann Patchett, I would recommend Barbara and vice versa. And I think it's because they're both um, excellent storytellers. I think they have a stoicism too. They do. And they also, um, if you look at their novels, e- they each write a different story every time. Right. Right. And they're, they're not all, writing the they're same very thing. very in-depth. You can tell there's been research put into them and they're all excellent in their own right. These are not like this is these are not authors who who write, you know, a version of the same story over and over again. Right. All right. Who should we play with next? You pick. Okay. Who'd I pull? Oh. Um, so I actually posed this challenge to that super cool. Um, murder or a mystery only bookstore. Is it a mystery to me? What is it? The one in Minneapolis called that we visited is in the <laughs> sub level basement um, building. I'll look it up. Mystery store, Minneapolis. Once upon a crime. There you go. They had 
branded themselves very well. But we went into this like basement level mystery only bookstore. And I said, tell me who I would like if I read Louise Penny. Louise Penny is my favorite uh, mystery writer. She is Canadian. She has the Inspector Gamache series. It's one of the few mystery series that we carry in its entirety at the store. I love introducing people to her. And um, she writes characters you come to love, mysteries that keep you in suspense, and offers like place-based experiences. You're really thrown into the Quebec region. Love her. Okay. So my challenge to that bookseller was who would I like if I love reading Louise Penny? So I have gotten this recommendation in Cleves. We also carry um, two or three of her first in the series in the store. Donna Leone is on this. So I haven't read Donna Leone's yet, but Donna Leone was recommended to me by Once Upon a, uh, a Crime. I see Richard Osman on here. I see Amor Tolls. Makes sense. Donna Leone is on here. I was recommended that by Once Upon a Crime. Death at La Finesse. Finesse. It is a Guido Brunetti mystery series. So when I read this book, it was um, based in Italy there's a lot of culture and food and kind of like the different areas of Italy have kind of warring opinions against one another based on the language they speak. That's definitely um, part of Louise Penny's books, the French versus English speaking population. So I would say like the world literature map is doing a or the the literature map is doing a good job for me here. A few other names to explore. I haven't read Richard Osman yet. I should. That's the Thursday Murder Club. Yeah. I love seeing how close Amor Tolls is. Uh, Which is kind of interesting because uh, Amor Tolls is not a mystery writer. It's not mysteries. No. What do you think is the comp there? If they're, if they're not writing in I the think same it's genre. the characters. I think it's the characters. So the people who are helping generate this information are falling in love with the characters the two authors are creating. Um, but it's definitely not, yeah. Alice Feeney's out there. I wouldn't say that's necessarily a very good comp. I think this is a little bit more of a stumper. Um, who do you want to try next? I've got one of my faves that, you know, more. it should be the favorite of more people, Rachel Kushner. Okay. Okay. She is like the most under-celebrated, well, maybe not the most, but she's one of the most under-celebrated writers. Like, she's a kick-ass writer. Nobody can do what she does. And then nobody knows who knows, knows who she is. So this is a travesty. The book I owe you, we've talked about this before. The flamethrowers. It's I will do it. And I will discover a love. Oh my gosh, it's so interesting. So Rachel Kushner is there on my as I pull up this name, um, I'm really excited to see what you think of some of them. But guess who's out there? The one I just mentioned, Nisha Dolan. Weird. 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 So I see Lauren Groff. Yeah. Which I think is a good comp in that Lauren Groff is a, is a very literary writer. Mm-hmm. Um, Otessa Moshfag. Yep. That makes sense. Jennifer Egan. Yeah. Totally makes sense. These are people you love. Yep. Marlon James is the one who shows yeah. up closest. Yes. And I have never read any Marlon James. Uh, wrote The Black Leopard, I think. Right? Yeah. It's something. It's, it's like a, it's two sci-fi. colors, two animals. 
Um, Marlon James. This is the fun thing because now you know you should Black Leopard Red Wolf by yeah, Marlon so James. Yeah, so now I'm thinking I should read Marlon yeah. James. That's how I discovered um, The Last Animal by Ramona Ossabel. Because you looked up Kevin Wilson on it. Yeah, there. and it was pretty accurate. Rachel, do you have an author you want us to look at? Yeah, who do you love that you want to you want the experience of reading them? Besides E.L. James. Yeah. <laughs> you slut. <laughs> Rachel's over here pretending she didn't read Fifty Shades of Grey. I read it. <laughs> She's obsessed. You've read it, right, Ellen? Fuck no. What? <laughs> read it i think i read all of it well so my mom gave it to me after she mm-hmm. read it and i got Ew. like four pages in and i was like i cannot <laughs> okay one author that i don't know if it'll come up because she's new or michelle gagnon who wrote killing me mm-hmm. um that was completely outside of my normal go-to she's movie. showing up not many names are comping but i like the humor mystery to it like the Thriller comedy. Okay, Anna Triss. Do you know Anna Triss? That's the closest. Let's see. Holly Black is pretty close for me on here. Have you ever read any Holly Black? Mm -hmm. She writes quite a bit in YA, right? Yeah. The Cruel Cruel Prince. Is that Holly Black? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, And I'm seeing Sarah J. Moss. Mm -hmm. But those are more fantasy. Yeah. That sounds fantasy, and this is not a fantasy. So what do you think, Michelle, what, why do you think that comp is there? Rachel's saying that Sarah J. Moss is fantasy, and Michelle Ooh, is- here's one for you. Tess Sharp, it's YA, The Girls I've Been. But is it funny? I think so. Yeah, so you want funny. Yeah. yeah. Like a funny thriller. A funny thriller. Uh-huh. Cool. So I guess we have to figure out how to participate because you could probably add to this. So one I put on our list to look for was Rolled Doll. I'm oh, always yeah. looking for the next Rolled Doll. I want that almost bitter, realistic portrayal of life for children. Like, give them the real shit, guys. Don't paint a pretty picture for them. Let's find out what it's really going to be. Shatter their innocence. I know. It's There's quite a few comps out there. I don't know if I necessarily agree. I mean, Charles Dickens. Uh, <laughs> the I, original. I, yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that. Um, there, this would be a fun way to discover some of the Brits' favorites. Um, Cornelia Funk and Enid Blyton. I discovered someone new, David Walliams. Okay, now Williams. Walliams. I, I had to look him up because I don't know who he is. Um, he is a comedian, like a semi-celebrity. Um, yeah, I'm seeing videos pop up that are on YouTube where he's judging maybe cringe or, cringe or funny. So he has an acting career, but he's worked with Quentin Blake, Roald okay. Dahl's great illustrator, um, on some of his books. So I don't know. He would be something, someone interesting to bring in. I'm trying to see who else. Philip Pullman, 
Astrid Lindgren. It, really interesting. These, this is where I feel like some of it is getting a little messed up. Mitch Album. <laughs> no. No. Judy Bloom. Probably not. But I see Maurice Sennett. I see Sennett. that more than. I see that more than. Mm-hmm. Bill Bryson. Agatha Christie. So I think it's maybe not as talented in the chapter book area. The younger you go, the more difficult it will be. I do think that this is a good example of a great tool you can use, but why you should rely on your indie bookstores for it. Yeah, because this is... Okay, so someone else on my list was Emma Strapp. And I'll tell you why I love her. Because she believes that good wins. She believes in love. All of her books center on love winning. Like love of family great love affairs. I just love her. You Let's love see. love. I love love. I want to be happy. I want to be an optimist. Okay. I love this. So Kevin Wilson is in the near vicinity. Couple authors that we've read recently, Britt Bennett and Kylie Reed. They're there. Lily King. Love her. Um, Ruman Alam. Oh yeah. Yeah. We loved him. He's um, leave the world, leave the world behind. If you haven't read it, you got to read it. I'm not really seeing connections to authors that give me the same feeling. Maria Simple might be the closest. Taylor Jenkins Reid, I can kind of see. Um, do you know Kate Davies? Do I know that author? Let's look up what Kate Davies. That's one of the closest. A comp to Emma Straub. Mm-hmm. I would say. Um, Rebecca Searle. Rebecca Searle. Thank you for that. See, that's where the Good bookseller job, wins out. <laughs> because, yeah, Kate Davies, as far as I can tell, is a children's book writer. So, okay, who do you want to try? Well, I think this person is good to try because one of her books has always been very popular in our store. Okay. And now it is recently on the bestseller table, and it's Hanya Yanagihari. Oh, that is... Um, the book A Little Life. Now she's written others, but A Little Life is is the book I'm referring to. Can you spell the last name for me? Oh, I found it. All right. So I have the closest to her, Ocean Wong. Yeah. Which I would agree with. There's like um kind of a bleakness to both of their writing styles. So uh, Ocean Wong Wong wrote On Earth We're Briefly Gorgeous, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful novel. Heartbreaking. Um I see Yagiasi author of Homegoing and Transcendent Kingdom. I can see that very much thematically similar. I, I see Meg Wolitzer. Um, hmm. What's that book? The Interestings. Yeah. Um, I could see that a little bit. A group of friends, the trajectory of their lives, um, which is similar to A Little Life. Sally Rooney, Donna Tart, maybe. Tana French is out there, one of your favorites. <laughs> I love me some Tana. Let's see who else shows up. I, I can see that because all the authors I'm looking at here are very like atmospheric writers. So someone who's playing up for me is Andre Osman, author of Call Me By Your Name. Uh, okay. Vince loves both those books. Perfect. Find Me by Andre um, Enigma variation. So the this seems to be an author that might be a good connection. 
Okay. I think one great way that our listeners can participate is in the comments, share your favorite authors. Mm -hmm. Yep. And we'll see who you comp to. Follow Bubbles and Books on the Instagram where you can comment or you can go to Dogyard Books Instagram or Facebook and comment there. You have lots of options. Participate everywhere. We want to know. Everywhere. We want to know a participation your, slot. Yeah. We want to know who the authors you're most eager to comp in your next read are. And the more places you comment, the more eager we know you are. Yeah. And then you can compare if you uh, comment, Rachel will send you a sticker for your badge of participation. I love thinking about badges in life. I really want to make like a sash that I wear all the time because there are so many challenges in life that (laughs) I feel like I should be rewarded for surviving, you know? (laughs) So like if I um, go to back to school night with my kids, I should get a badge. Just challenging. (laughs) Like um, the first time you ever find lice in your kid's hair. Oh, that's a badge. That's a badge. Um, First time I found lice in my kids' hair, I also found it in mine. Extra badge. Ooh, double, double. Um, The first time you ever participate in a work event, totally hungover. Badge. (laughs) Like, that takes courage and stamina. (laughs) That's that's what I think of when I think of courage and stamina. I mean, there's, like, grown-up things that we have to do, so... Maybe someday you'll be able to Pay buy a parking ticket on time. Yeah. So it doesn't double or triple. Yeah. I forget what happens to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those are adult things. And I would really, I'm going to look into that. I feel like sashes with badges is something that should happen. All right. Okay. What else should we talk about? When we come back, we'll be talking about what's popping in the store this week. Support Dog Eared Books (laughs) through bookshop.org. It's the perfect way to source obscure titles that we don't necessarily carry in the store. Have them delivered directly to your home or the home of someone you love. Super fast. All the titles in print are right there at your fingertips. And you'll be supporting our beautiful store on Main Street in Ames. Use promo code Bubbles and Books to get 10% off any of the titles or authors mentioned in today's podcast. All right. What's coming out today, Amanda? Well, we got another book by Stephen King. He's doing some funky things in his later career. So his <laughs> last one we had was Fairy Tale. He's in the fantasy section. He's not writing gore anymore. He killed everyone. He's done. Now he... Oh, shit. He's back to murdering people. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, read the description. <laughs> Holly marks the triumphant return of his beloved carrier. Holly... Carrier. <laughs> remarks... <laughs> Holly marks the triumphant return of his beloved character, Holly Gibney. Ooh. So this is a character that's been in a number of his stories, um, kind of a side character, and she's back as the main character in this one, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. Depraved 
The next one is The Fraud by Zadie Smith. So I started listening to this and she's done some great interviews on why she took on like Dickens era historical fiction. Dickens is a character in this book. It's 1873. Eliza Touche is a Scottish housekeeper, um, cousin by marriage to a famous novelist who's now like on the tail end of his career. He's really struggling. They're in dire straits financially. The guy's name's William William Ainsworth, and she's lived with him for 30 years. Eliza has tons of interests, uh, literature, social justice, abolition, abolitionism, abolitionism. I can't say that word. Eliza has many interests, literature, justice, abolitionism, class, her sexual exploits with her cousin in the past. Yeah, they've been up to stuff. Um, His wives. It's really weird, but um, she is tired of being in a situation where she can't pursue. And I mean, she's bound by her gender um, and stuck with William, who's not putting out much of anything. He's really just um, a weight on her shoulders. Um, they are connected to Charles Dickens, though, a very successful friend. They kind of hate him for his success, but kind of love him. Well, our resident Victorian scholar, Dickens scholar, Mariah, loves this book. And one of the reasons she loves it is because it brings in the Tickborne trial. It's about this wealthy, landed, connected man who goes missing at sea, then shows up in Australia claiming he's Roger Tickborne. And everyone's like, no, you're not. There's all these things (laughs) that are different. You look different. I mean, they didn't have like great photos back then. But they had illustrations and he didn't look like his illustration, but his mother claims him. He says, yeah, it's my dear Roger Tickborne. And everyone's like, is he paying her off? What's going on here? So it brings in Charles Dickens, late 1870s, the Tickborne trial. If you're into Victorian literature, this era, nerd out. You're going to love it. <laughs> Next, we have a standalone from William Kent Kruger called The River We Remember. And it takes place, starts on a memorial day in the 1950s. And this town, small town in Minnesota, is gathered to celebrate Memorial Day. And a wealthy landowner from the area is found dead in the river, shot. And so the town sheriff, who's sort of reeling from his own war trauma, is investigating this death. And it becomes pretty clear Um, That the main uh, suspect or the rumors are that um, this other World War II veteran who's recently returned to the area is like the number one suspect. And he is Native American and his wife is Japanese. And so this town is quite divided over this crime and who or who may not be responsible. My husband read this in his journey to becoming a reader because of the mystery element. But the thing you also get with William Kent Kruger is place and character. It's not just a mystery. There's always a lot of heart and beauty Mm -hmm. and Midwestern love. In paperback, we have The Long Game by Elena Armas. She wrote The Spanish Love Deception. This is going to be a nice romance for you. I love the premise of this. Okay, tell me about it. This um, chick, Adeline, (laughs) is... um, 
Okay, so she works for a professional soccer team. And one day she gets in a fight with a mascot in a video and it goes viral. And so her dad, who's a coach of the team, is like, guess what? Your punishment is you have to go to this small town, turn their soccer team around. Ooh. <laughs> so she's there doing that in North Carolina. And this other guy, Cameron, who's a goalkeeping prodigy, is hanging around the town. Why is he there? We don't know. But he's been charged with te- with helping her. And it's like, ew, we don't like each other. Enemies to lovers. And we, yeah. And we have to turn this soccer team around. And workplace romance. I'm learning my tropes. Is there is there a trope related to the fact that she got embarrassed and in trouble and now is forced to do something? Is that a trope? Should be. Big mistake must turn your life around trope. Don't fuck with mascots on video. Okay. It's <laughs> a lesson we should all learn. Okay. I'm really thankful for literature that teaches. Okay. Mad Honey is out in paperback by Jody Pico. Um, so this has been pretty popular in the store. I think it's been read by a couple of our book clubs. Interesting note is that Jody Pico has been talking about Iowa lately in the news and in several articles and blogs and things because she's getting banned. She's getting banned. Uh, her book, 19 Minutes, which deals with the school shooting, has been banned in some districts in Iowa. We don't want to reckon with reality in Iowa, apparently. No, this is what we do in Iowa. Books are dangerous. Guns in schools are fine. Yeah. It's the most ironic We're of book bans. We're ban books, but you can have all the guns you want. And then you can't write about what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And then in kids, what do we got? You guys, fans of Pigeon, don't let the pigeon drive the sleigh by Mo Willems. Thank you, Mo. We needed another pigeon book, and we needed a Christmas one. So... Pigeon cannot drive the sleigh. It is going to be every little kid's favorite this year. <laughs> the Spirit Bears Its Teeth. This is YA by Andrew Joseph White, who we got to see at Winter Institute last year. Cool. So this is a book that's sort of like a metaphor for a trans journey. It's oh, about yeah. some teenagers. Hell Followed With Us. Am I? He, yes. Yeah. Hell Followed With Us was his first book. Spirits, the Spirit Bears Its Teeth is his second book, but they're not related. He was cool. Very cool. And um, what I've heard about this book is that it's like very anger fueled. Great. And he was a in- very interesting guy to listen to. Right. So, All right. What's popping up the store? All right. Tomorrow you're doing story time with Lovey at yep. 10 o'clock. She just had a bath. She's ready. Oh, thank God. For fun times. Bathe your children before they come. Then everyone will smell real nice. Yep. Um, Thursday, 7 o'clock, we have trivia. Alan, you need to bathe. I bathed this morning, Rachel. Me too. Good job, Actually, I take it back. I did last night. <clears throat> Liar! I mean, <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, Friday, from 5 to 6, we have Totally Graphic Book Club. This is our book club for teens discussing Mexican by Pedro Martin. Saturday from 2 to 3, and then again, 3 to 4, we're hosting a mindfulness event. I love that... My family was like, you're hosting this really cool event on mindfulness. I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I love what our events planner does to fill out and enrich, you know, the happenings at Dogyard Books that, you know, apparently I need to come and (laughs) work on my mindfulness. But it's being um, led by the Iowa State 
graduate students from the Department of Psychology. So they're going to be working on paced breathing and coloring. Cool. And some other activities, I understand. Cool. Okay, and then Sunday from 3 to 4, we have Teachers Only Book Club, and we will be discussing We Are the Light by Matthew Quick. Awesome. It's a fun week. Keep the champagne flowing. flowing. And the books going. Ding. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in dog-eared books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at at dog-eared books Ames or at dog-eared books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs> <laughs>